Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Ross, Joe Fikowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you as we continue our look at Week 13 of the NFL slate. And one game I wanted to bring up here, the Broncos and the Texans. Houston, three-point favorites with a total of 46.5. Less to do with the spread and more to do with how we want to analyze this Texans offense and bet on them going forward. So... Remember the game from Sunday between the Texans and Jaguars? Like, yeah, the pass rush was still fantastic with Josh Allen and company. And one of the things that we still saw, despite maybe a slow start by the Texans, is that we did see another 100-yard game by Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And they've had a lot of these. And I know it's something that, Aaron, you brought up a lot in terms of, you know, the Nico Collins game or the Tank Dell game and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I did last night was I looked up how often a player had a 100-yard game for any one particular team. The Texans are tied for the most with nine. They've had nine 100-yard performances this season, and that's tied for the most in the NFL with the Eagles and the Dolphins. Now, with the Dolphins and the Eagles, we know where the ball is going, right? For the Dolphins, it's Tyreek Hill. For the Eagles, it's A.J. Brown, for the most part, and then, boom, we're done. But with Mm -hmm. Houston, it's a bigger question. Because they have a few receivers who can amass triple digits. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown is also part of that conversation. And so I'm wondering, when it comes to how to bet on this game, maybe we should look less at the side. I suspect I will back the Texans here. But then again, I have Broncos phobia, so maybe I won't. But is this something where we want to look at alternate receiving numbers for anyone Houston Texans wideout? And we have to pick who it is, and that's the exercise. But if you want to back any one receiver, go with an alt number because you're probably going to get a good bit more value because it's such a big Mm. question as to who's going to get the ball. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. And one other aspect of this that I've noticed, and this is just a random event, and it happened again this time, no Brown was out. One of them's always out. Sometimes it's been Nico Collins. Uh, I think maybe Dell has missed a game or two, but like one of those three is always out. But it's interesting moving forward. Like, are they going to walk out of this year? Okay, they they think they know right now we've got our quarterback of the future. We got a quarterback of the mm-hmm. present and the future. That's how good he is. But of those three receivers, do they have enough there? Have they already surrounded him with enough weapons? You always want to add a little bit. But, you know, and the run game struggled at times with Pierce, but but at times Singletary's gone off. I didn't think that they walked into this year saying we've got enough weapons around our quarterback because what? They use some of those uh, high assets for defense too, but it, it looks like they do. You bring it. You know, the, the old argument of surrounding a young quarterback with a bunch of veteran wide receivers are they debunking that right now? It kind of feels like the Texans are, or maybe CJ Shaw is mm-hmm. just that good. I I agree. I mean, you look at CJ Stroud and he's the second leader in passing yards. I mean, he's Dude, this right is behind real, man. Sam Howell. And yeah, Howell has so... one more game. Howell's played one more game. So he's, he's really the leader, right? If you look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else do you want from him? This yeah. is impressive what he's doing kissing that bet slip right now right in terms of finishing as the passing leader like who yeah. are we sweating smoochy all right i'm not supposed to say this but i might need a howl to miss a game or two for some reason 
I don't know if we need a oh. Nancy Kerrigan situation or something going on oh, here, no. but this. Uh -oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can go. Their practice facility is like a here. mile away. Aaron, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, it's real, What's man. What's your weapon of choice, Aaron? Golf club, crowbar. Absolutely. I'm gonna have Jeff Hit the gas pedal. <laughs> there he oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Let me get him. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so Josh Allen has back. also played one more game. He's on Stroud's heels. Uh, two mm -hmm. is going to be in this conversation. I mean, really, it, he is the leader, but it is so close. Uh, Goff is like 300 behind. Like, that's within striking distance, too, since Howell has played one extra game. Oh, man, we're going to be sweating this one, man. This is, oh, this is going to be ruined one. at some point. <laughs> It's going to be ruined at some point by somebody. Right. Just, You're just stay trying healthy. To reverse jinx it. I was so mad on Thursday. I'm like, commanders lose. They get blown out. Not a big surprise to Dallas. But then you look, oh, damn, how will 300 again? Like, can the man just have a 200 yard game once? Like, he can't. They're so bad. They're always trailing. They're always passing with the enemy. It's like, he's going to be there in the end, too. The garbage numbers still count. Like that's the I worst know. part is that you have to factor in what happens in the final five minutes of a blowout loss. And he's still out there. Like that actually yeah. kind of saved me a little bit in terms of like some Kyler Murray things that I happened to be backing yesterday against the Rams. It's like he, other than that, you know, eight point drive, like did nothing, absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden in garbage time, like he took care of business, which was fine, but anticipating what teams are going to do during garbage time. That's exactly how this exercise works. And it stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, and we're going to get that situation again this week, right? Like Miami right. is favored by 10 at a lot of spots. Mm -hmm. Some have it less than 10, but yeah, we, we would expect that they're trailing against Miami, but it's a, uh, it's a tougher defense that uh, they're going to be facing. But I mean, look, as far as this week, guys, what stands out the most is there are teams in situations that have not been there all season. So it's tough. Like if I say to you, you've got to take one of these favorites. You got to lay a big number with one of these teams. Are you laying six with the Chargers? Are you laying six with the Bucks? Uh, four and a half, five with Pittsburgh, five with the Rams. A, a lot of teams in situations they haven't been through all year. They've either either been a short favorite or a dog all season long, and now they're gonna. It, it looks like a lot of them are gonna have to win by a touchdown if they want to cover the number. I'm glad you brought up the Chargers Patriots game because especially after listening Ugh. to Jason Locke and Fora and what he was saying about Bill Belichick and kind of the state of this team, my takeaway is I think I want to feed the Patriots because they probably are looking to get a quarterback of the future. Not saying they're going to admit they're tanking or anything, but I actually would lay it with the Chargers in this situation. Whew. Ooh, I, I think I got burned one too many times. Like that was a garbage touchdown by Zay Flowers <laughs> at the end of Sunday night. It's like, what are we doing, guys? Yep. Like if one thing's going well, the other thing's going poorly. I, I think I'm giving up on, th th what is it? Like, I think I'm out on half of the AFC West in terms of betting on them or against them. Like the Chargers yeah. and the Broncos. Like I'm done, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. It, they're just, they're unpredictable. I, I, I can't do it. So I, I'm probably done as far as that. Right, goes. You're out. I will tell you which one <laughs> yeah. I do like, though. Here, 
The hmm. Steelers at minus five and a half on Ben and Jim against the Cardinals. That one I'm fine with. And the reason why I'm fine with it is because we mentioned before about what this uh, Steelers offense was going to look like uh, sans Matt Canada and with this kind of random thing that they have going on here in terms of uh, play caller here and all that stuff. Well, the biggest difference that we saw in that game was they weren't necessarily using their deep threats as often. It was that they were using Pat Fryermuth a good bit more <laughs> and they were targeting receivers aligned tight a good bit more highest rate all season long for Kenny Pickett nearly a fourth of the time Pat mm-hmm. Firemuth had 60 yards there other receivers backs were also there in terms of being aligned tight and then targeting there it's not the bombs to George Pickens that's not what's changing here so in that aspect I do wonder how long it will take for other defenses to catch up to this added wrinkle that they are featuring number one and then number two We saw this in the Rams-Cardinals game. Like, yeah, Kyler Murray looks more than serviceable, but boy, they are bereft of talent. I mean, it's the problem they've had all season long. It's not that they aren't coached. I mean, the coaching's not the problem. It's that they just don't have enough talent. Like, they get a ton of pieces in the draft, and at least the Cardinals can be serviceable. You could build around Kyler Murray if you want to, but they're just lacking a bunch of warm bodies at this point. I think the correct answer here is to lay it with Pittsburgh. They should have scored more than 16 yesterday, the Steelers. For everything that they – for them to have 421 yards of offense, they outgain a team for the first time all season. They should have ended up scoring more than 16 points. They ran the ball. You know what you can do against the Cardinals? You can run the ball all day. All day. The rushing leader on the day, Kyron Williams, his first game back. Mm-hmm. He's – there he is. He was phenomenal. And you know who had a lot of wiggle? Who's the best version of himself that that I've seen in a long time? Najee Harris looked great yesterday. He looked really good running against the Bengals. So how do you you think he's going to look against the Cardinals? Like, I was expecting it to be more of a Warren game, and maybe it was going to be more of a Warren game, but he had that fumble early on, and then, like, yeah, yeah, that's enough of that. Then they turn it to Najee. In the end, it ended up being pretty much a 50-50 split workload. But I think you're right, Ed, that – they should have scored more than 16. They'll probably put more on the board this time. And then Kyler doesn't have any weapons. And now look at the matchup he's going to have against this defense. Good luck, man. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to be so locked into a playoff spot. If they, it, This is going to be a- win number eight already for them next yeah and it's amazing just what a difference firing matt canada has done is that like is it that simple because this offense just seems so different like that and i was wondering why we all were wondering exactly why they didn't do this sooner and i kept thinking well mike tomlin surely knows what he's doing and now it's like okay you definitely should have done this sooner yep what took them so long i mean we were talking about Najee harris and like the the whole jalen warren splits like warren is clearly the better back why isn't he getting a heavier workload why isn't they why aren't they using other talented targets all of these problems that have been persisting for quite some time why hasn't kenny pickett developed any better like here's a quarterback who did have some potential coming in and he just looked like the same old guy getting rolled out there every week so it is a question where you go okay you can't just look at wins and losses and evaluate your football team that way you have to dig a little bit more deeply and it required 
something painfully obvious to make this move. And you know what? Fine. Now the Steelers are in a good position to make a bit of a role, not to mention the fact that, okay, yes, the AFC North does belong to the Ravens. That's fine. But then after Wait, 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 wait. But I wanted to go actually hit that. Like we're probably going to have to talk about that tomorrow. They beat Baltimore already this year. They're one back in the loss column behind Baltimore. And here's coming up for Pittsburgh, Arizona, New England, Indy. I don't think it's over right now. It's not over yet. The other. Okay. I think it's, it's worth having the conversation. It is for, it's over for Cleveland. It's over for Cincinnati. Pittsburgh's going to be in the playoffs. We've established that, but I don't know, man. It it might be worth having a conversation. We'll have to take a look at those numbers on Futures Day. Man, there was some really good value on the Steelers even just a few weeks ago. Will it be decided Mm -hmm. in the last game, last game of the year, Pittsburgh-Baltimore? Is the division going to get to that point? If you think it is, if you think it's going to get to that point, then it's probably worth a bet. Better to do it now than wait. I I think that makes a whole lot of sense. For sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, other games, uh, what else stands out to you? Um, boy, the Jaguar. Okay. So Cincinnati. Yeah. We're talking about the, okay. the division. And he was – Browning wasn't terrible. But what direction is this going to go for, for the Bengals? It's probably going to go poor. But is it going to be to the point where they're just non-competitive, where Jacksonville should be laying more than a touchdown like they are against Cincinnati? Because, you know, on the other side, while we're giving praise to the Steelers' offense, don't we have to knock the Bengals' defense? Because they were on the field at the same time. They gave up over 400 yards to a team that hasn't gotten to that mark all year long. And then, you know, they fall back. It that was a close game. Bengals had 25 rushing yards yesterday. 25. That was not game script taking them out. So is this are they just going to be an automatic fade moving forward or what? Yeah, it kind of feels that way. This is a situation where I don't have a problem backing Jacksonville because I think you know, as I said earlier, that everything's clicking for them right now. And this is what they did last year. So I have no reason to think that they can't cover this number with the way that they've been playing. I think it's also fascinating that we have besmirched this Bengals rushing attack for a long time now that Joe Mixon just Mm -hmm. isn't that efficient. And especially when the passing attack was anemic because Joe Burrow was hurt and he, you know, couldn't throw deep and all that stuff. He couldn't rely on the rushing game either. And as it turns out, it wasn't just because the passing attack wasn't there and defenses could stack the box. No, it's just bad in general. It always has been. And with this certain iteration, it always will be. I don't know where the optimism is supposed to come from when it comes to the Bengals. Like, just let, about every aspect is struggling right now, Joe. And, and let me also point out that Desmond Ritter is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Jets' defense. God. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> He's M. That guy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's right here on the BetQL Network.